This is the Luke Thomas Show podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. It is Tuesday, the 17th of March, 2020, and Caesar is quite literally home. Welcome, everyone. My name is Luke Thomas. This is the Luke Thomas Show right here on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. I hope you are doing well today. I guess I'm doing as bad as good as you can. Had an allergy attack this morning. Had to go out into public. I felt a little weird about it uh, because I was out of Allegra in the house, but uh, I managed to do it. I had some hand sanitizer. I washed my hands when I came back. I, I stayed six feet from people. I did everything I reasonably could to get that done. So, um, happy Tuesday to you. And as you can tell, this show is going to be a little bit different than yesterday. We were live yesterday. We are not today. I don't know how long that's going to be the case. Um, so I, I'll just tell you to buckle up for the time being. We're going to be doing this the best we can. Now, today's show is only going to be about an hour. Now, that's not necessarily going to be the case going forward. Maybe going forward, we'll have uh, two hours potentially. Uh, there are no guests today, but going forward, we're going to. You know, you got to remember, I've sort of over the years, uh, out of uh, a self-preservation instinct, I have been pretty good about building a little bit of a home apparatus. I've got cameras, I've got hardline connections, I've got Macs, I've got PCs, I've got a lot to do a lot with. So. While that won't necessarily have to be flexed today, I want to be clear about this. Today, we're going to sort of slowly ease into doing a bit of a uh, shorter format, let's say, and not a live format, um, because I don't know exactly how long it's going to last, but I want to prepare, like, let's just, and, I, and I'm not, you know, to be fair here, I'm not indicating this is going to be the way it's going to be for a long time, but let's say that it might be. I want to be prepared for that. I want to be prepared like I've always been. For everything. I'm kind of like from a technology and career preservation standpoint, I'm like a doomsday prepper. <laughs> you know, I mock all the doomsday pressers. They're or, um, the preppers, excuse me. They're looking pretty smart about now, huh? Or at least not as crazy as they once were. Canned foods everywhere. You know, I'm not a big guy on guns, but I recognize they certainly can carry value in circumstances. They've probably got that ammunition, gas masks, hazmat suits board games, you name it. They've probably got a lot of it. So shouts to all the doomsday preppers out there. You're a little bit ahead of the curve on this one. Also, you're still kind of crazy too. Nevertheless, uh, I also want to make another note about what kind of content you can reasonably expect here from the show. Now, everywhere you go probably today and everyone you talk to and everything on the news is just relentless coronavirus, COVID-19, coronavirus, COVID-19 coverage. Uh, and to an extent, I think we're going to do a little, a little bit of that too. Because the more I read about this, the more that, again, I don't know what state the show will be in, but the more that some kind of home quarantine for a lot of us for a long period of time could happen. Um, there was a report yesterday from forget the name of the, I think the Imperial College in London that said some, again, we don't know how true this is, but that's some version of strict quarantine and or social distancing, but they were calling for strict measures 
for up to 18 months, up until there was a vaccine ready to deploy. You know, that would be a very long time, right? Uh, and I don't mean to scare people, but I just don't think you can move forward with anything until you understand what we're up against. This is why Dana White being like, you know, Tony versus Khabib is not canceled. Folks, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it is canceled because that would be fake news. That would me that would be me telling you something that is not officially true. However, in my opinion, for whatever that is worth, there isn't a chance in hell that's happening on April 18th. Uh, I would I would bet virtually every asset that I own that there is no way that is going to happen, even on another country. We'll talk about that later. But um, so all of this is to say, you know, how much coronavirus content are you going to get here? I guess I'll I'll answer that in two ways. One, I'll say individual stories and how everyone's kind of coping with things. I think will play a role in coverage. And of course, we're going to do the mailbag tomorrow. And I always want to hear your stories on the mailbag, LukeThomasShow at gmail.com, LukeThomasShow at gmail.com. I think the second part is, and it kind of dawned on me as I began to think about it, the different ways in which a pandemic like this, a, a, a historically, I won't say unprecedented, but certainly in our lifetime unprecedented, seemingly a once-in-a-century event, has such a ripple effect you know, through the economy, through uh, our daily lives, through the things we normally enjoyed. Uh, one of the things we'll discuss, not today, but through the course of the week is, if you guys didn't see, a bunch of movies have been, uh, production has halted, for example. And this is true for not merely movies or for shows, but for entire studios that produce content for Netflix or television channels or uh, some other entity. And you can imagine why, right? Because you don't want the crew all there together to get sick. All, all that makes sense at this point. But those are things that are already in production. A lot of stuff has been in post-production or even outright ready for release. And so there was an announcement. I, I got to get this right, but I believe, and I'll correct this here in a second, I believe A Quiet Place 2 is, it was scheduled to go to the theaters. I think they're just going to release it straight to SVOD. Uh, or essentially streaming at home. Uh, I use Fandango now. There might be, I think Vudu is another one of these services. And there's a question ultimately about well, what might that do to the movie theater in America? We already know that the movie theater industry has suffered sort of contraction over time, right? Movie theaters don't play the role that they used to. Now, I love going to the movie theaters. I got to tell you, when this is all over, and I hope that's sooner rather than later. I can't wait to go back to the theater, man. I can't wait. Can't wait. But um, if movies end up getting shipped straight to on demand, essentially, even if they're good, we're not talking about like, you know, a, a B movie that an MMA fighter was in. You know, what role might that play ultimately if this ends up being a successful model for studios? To produce content now, of course, they would have to go back and start making it, which means some of these lids on our society would have to be lifted. But um, it's something to think about. Now, maybe in the end, these movie theaters end up generating more revenue for these big releases than just shipping it right to home. I don't, I don't know what the answer is. It's just something to think about. So the point I'm trying to raise is, we're going to do obviously MMA talk on here as much as we can. We'll do some sports talk on here as much as I think as it'd be interesting and relevant. We are going to have some fun. But the coronavirus on this show will be explored in such a way as 
how was it impacting all the different forms of social engagement from movie theaters to sports to how we work in offices versus at home and what lasting effects there might be from all of this. I think that's the angle that I want to take here. Now, again, that's not going to be the predominant stuff about what we do. I'm just trying to give you a heads up that um, I none of us really know how long any of this is going to last. None of us really know what it all is going to look like on the other side. And so, consequently, I think it's worth trying to really wrap our heads around the significance of these issues while also maybe not just overwhelming ourselves with them. And I'm going to try and thread that needle um, the very best that I can. Now, you can help me with that. You can help me with that. The mailbag will be tomorrow. So do me a solid, Show at gmail.com, Show at gmail.com. And buddy, boy, I want to hear everything you have to say. I want to hear it all. I want to hear about what your best practices are for being at home, what your fears are, what you're excited about, what you're doing to spend the time, any of that stuff, any and all of that stuff, any way you can share some wisdom with the rest of us, or just share your story so we can all be in this together, because that's really what this is ultimately about, do that. LukeThomasShow at gmail.com, LukeThomasShow at gmail.com. Now, as for the docket today, here's what I've got planned. We're going to look at some cases of how this has been covered, this whole coronavirus and the UFC's totally ill-advised efforts to do what they've been doing. Um, how, What that says about MMA media and what it says about sports media doesn't say anything good about sports media. I can tell you that. We'll have some Dana White audio that I think I'm going to be able to play. I don't want to make any false promises, but I think I'm going to be able to play it. And... In addition, we'll take a look at some other cases of shows that folks are still trying to press on with. Uh, I, I just don't think that they've gotten the full memo at this point. So, But you know what? I've said it before, man. It wasn't like I was ahead of the curve either. So I'm trying my best. Before, I was like, oh, outrage, outrage. This will be so successful as a way to convince people. Yeah, it turns out less so. turns out maybe not. But, but what might end up being successful is trying to reason with people a little bit and doing that calmly and doing that with uh, evidence and doing that with explanation. In the end, that's really always the case, right? You can shout at people all you want. And shouting can be fun. Let's let's not lie. You've been in some shouting matches with a significant other at times, and it felt good, especially when you're on the winning side of it, I'm sure. Uh, on the other hand, though, for people who are skeptical about things or naturally have questions or whatever the case may be. It's just not the most effective. So let's do this. I saw something in the Washington Post today about media coverage and about sports actions related to what the NFL had done. And I found it very, very illuminating as it relates to how MMA media covered the UFC's recent indiscretions. Let's talk about it next. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com slash Luke Thomas. 
to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash Luke Thomas. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. All right, so I'd indicated I wanted to share something with you I thought was kind of funny, you know. I, I, I don't know how many people care about this, to be honest with you, but you know what? We're not living in ordinary times, folks. <laughs> there are moments in your life where you're like, eh, this is not like every other day that I've been on this planet. And those are the current times in which we live, namely um, this pandemic that is happening. A lot of people, and I want to have a discussion about MMA media here, a lot of people make criticisms of MMA media that I find very, very bad, which is which is not to say that there's not criticisms to make. In fact, there's tons of criticisms to make. They're just usually, you know, if you're, if you're talking about fans criticizing media, they're usually of this variety, right? Uh, media member is doing something that interferes with my enjoyment of the sport, and that thing is quite literally often, not always, but often, just a routine part of their job. Like, it's just what it means to be a journalist and ask questions. Consider Mark Ramundi asking about the coronavirus um, to Dana White at the presser and then getting booed, right? That kind of a thing, which is not the biggest deal in the world. I'm just pointing that out. But to me, that's not actually how you criticize MMA media. I think that that's just not, you know, we talked about this before. Those events, those UFC pressers, if it's going to be fans there and media there, you can't do both. Pick one or the other. And if they're going to be public and you want the fans to go there, which to me I think is actually the preferred option because I think media typically gets enough time to, to speak to people, um, then just give it back to the fans. But here's my point. And also, let's, let, let's actually look at it the other way. A lot of times, MMA media is not honest with their own failings, right? They, I, I've worked, I was editor-in-chief of Bloody Elbow. Um, I was an editor, a top editor. I was second in command at MMA Fighting. I worked at SBNation.com. I've worked at these big sites. I know what the business model does to pressure them into certain forms of content, right? Conor McGregor tweeted something. May have no news value, but they'll tweet it or, and, and then share it and make a whole article about it, right? So that's a real criticism of them. And it, it, basically what I'm, the point is is that that, that business model often ends up creating a lot of useless content. Clickbait or not, just just not it doesn't have a ton of news value. I had a back and forth with the guy who ran MMA Junkie on Twitter when they said after Tyson Fury's last win uh, that, you know, oh, he, he wants uh, Francis Ngannou wants to fight him. And it's like, so? There's no value there. Unless the UFC says you can, it's... It, it, why are we having this discussion? It's not It's not real. And I don't think MMA media really accepts that. I don't think they really talk about that very much. And so those are the kind of criticisms I think are pretty fair and that they exist. Also, I'd say this, and as I, I'm, I'm meandering to my point, but follow me here. Also, I'd say that relative to other sports media, it is also true that MMA media, so let's say relative to NFL media, relative to NHL media, relative to virtually any other kind, MMA media is completely obsequious, right? I mean, they are fawning over the fighters, and they treat everything they say with reverence or shareability or without questions being asked. Uh, again, not in totality, but relative to what other sports media might do. And so, they're, I mean, a lot of them are just bootlickers. It's just the way that it goes. 
On the other hand, calling something the MMA media often doesn't provide a very helpful framing, right? Because what is MMA media? I work in radio. Some people work on a website. Some of us are older. Some of us are younger. Some of us don't really do editorializing content. Some of us do. Um, and there's every la layer in between. And so we, we say MMA media, these are like vastly different things over time. Here's why I bring this up. Because for all of those things you can say, here is one other thing that you also must acknowledge. When it comes to covering power brokers inside mixed martial arts, promoters, powerful managers, commissions, advertisers, you name it, it is not to say that the coverage is perfect. Far from it. As aforementioned, on the other hand, who is doing it better? You, you'll note, I believe it was Dan Lebitard who, in responding to me and to some other people, had noted that MMA media is doesn't ask a lot of questions, that they're pretty obsequious. And that's not entirely untrue. There are parts of ways to look at what they do and say, well, he has a point, and he does. He does have a point. But it also misses the reality that the framing, and I'm putting up air quotes here, the framing of MMA media is not really the best way to look at it. There are other ways to look at it. And there are many, many entities inside the sport that pay much more attention to the malfeasance that is happening than do uh, outside entities. Let me give you a great example of this. Right? Here is one. Saw this today on the Washington Post. Uh, this is from an article by Adam Kilgore and Mark uh, Maskey of the Washington Post. Two, two reporters that I like. Here's the headline. The NFL pressed on with free agency despite coronavirus, and not everyone was happy. That's your headline. In short, what that article is about is that, if you guys noticed yesterday, free agency talks and transfers and signings and blah, 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 they all began to happen yesterday. You saw news about, uh, I think it was this morning, Drew Brees is going to have a two-year deal, I think for $50 million with the New Orleans Saints, and Trent Williams might go someplace, and Tom Brady's not going to go back to the Patriots, and um, you know, Eric Flowers left the Redskins to go play for the Miami Dolphins. Whatever. People are just moving around because free agency opened. And the argument is, well, in the middle of a pandemic, is this really the kind of behavior that the NFL should be engaging in? And right? shouldn't we be deferential to the challenges that are happening around us and have a little bit more of a somber tone? NFL didn't agree with that. They pressed on. You can have your own opinion. I tend to think there's nothing wrong with it, in part because... Some degree of normalcy, if you can achieve it, is probably a good idea. I think that will be true over the long term, even if it doesn't feel that way right now for people who are concerned. The second thing I'd say about that is you can achieve what they're doing with NFL free agency while keeping in accordance with free agency requirements and social distancing needs. In other words, if a player needs to talk to his agent, he can get on the phone. If a player has to sign a contract... They can do it online. No one has to get together. There's no meetings happening. The teams aren't getting together. Everyone is doing it teleworking. P people are getting on phone calls, signing contracts, and arranging things from the comfort of their home in conjunction with 
social distancing requirements. So in the end, it's like, who are you really harming here? I mean, you could, if you really want to make an argument that you're sending a bad message, I suppose you can do that. Doesn't seem to me like, a, a, a very strong argument, and B, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this. NFL media is writing articles, and this is not the only one I saw, by the way, dig around, where they're talking about whether or not engaging in business that is entirely consistent with social distancing requirements in the middle of a global pandemic just doesn't set the right tone. Did you see any of the larger sporting media raise the level of alarm? And when I say even close, I mean even close to the level of alarm that we saw with MMA media? You didn't. They're out here writing articles, pearl-clutching if you ask me a little bit, about whether or not engaging in perfectly reasonable behavior in the middle of a pandemic sets the appropriate tone. And they didn't say anything about whether or not this UFC craze to go and push through was a danger to global health and the people who are employed by the UFC, the fighters themselves, and anyone they could come into contact with. Here's the lesson here. It's not to say that because sports media in general didn't recognize the biggest threat that they shouldn't be taken seriously. That's not what I'm saying. It's not to say that the criticisms of MMA media, depending on which one they are, but like that they're free of blame, obviously not. They will make mistakes going forward. They're going to make mistakes today and tomorrow and every day. Rather, the next time some jamoke tries to tell you that outside the sport is where you get the most critical kinds of coverage, that MMA media are homers and only homers, you have my permission, nay, my encouragement to put this in their face. Remind them of this episode. Remind them that when there was a sports promoter that aired on ESPN and was taking fighters around the earth, and not testing anyone for COVID-19, and even though they could have canceled the show, they decided to plow on through it, while another promoter, who also worked on ESPN, that being Bob Arum of Top Rank, decided that was too much of a um, health challenge for him, and they decided to stop it. They didn't say anything. And in fact, on ESPN, with Michael Eaves and others, never asked any kind of probing question about whether or not this was appropriate behavior. And they have the temerity at times to say that MMA media are just homers and don't ask the difficult questions. Part of the MMA media are homers and don't ask the difficult questions. But the best coverage of the fighter lawsuit comes from MMA media. The best coverage of power brokers inside MMA comes from MMA media. And the best coverage of questionable promoter behavior comes from inside MMA media. And don't let anyone ever tell you anything different. Not true. Matter of factly, not true. They are pearl clutching about whether or not telework sends the right message. Not about what really matters in this world. Keep that in mind. Now, let's do this. We got to go to break. When we come back, I think I'll have some Dana White audio for you, and I want to talk about Khabib Tony and whether or not it's actually going to go forward. Luke Thomas Show, Sirius XM Fight Nation. Stick around. 
This is Rick Camlin. Here, Tim Legler and myself react to the news that the NBA season has been suspended on Give and Go. You've got to put the brakes on it. Guys have to get tested, quarantined. Not talking about basketball, but talking about life and the impact of it on the great game that we love. It completely sucks. It's the only thing you can do. We really don't know, ultimately, when or if we're going to get basketball this season. Give and Go weekdays from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern on NBA Radio Sirius 207, XM86, and on the Sirius XM app. All right, and we are back. Luke Thomas Show. My name is Luke Thomas, of course, host. Uh, okay, so tomorrow is the mailbag. Mailbag, Luke Thomas Show at gmail.com. Luke Thomas Show at gmail.com. Do me a solid, everybody. You can write in about whatever you want to get to. Cobb and I will walk you through it. Plus, if you want to send audio clips, uh, we can make that happen as well. So, again, we're going to have to kind of ease into everything under this new system, however long it might last. But at the same time, uh, we still want to get that, that ball rolling. So, LukeThomasShow at gmail.com. Send us your MP3s, good people of Earth. All right. Now, uh, I had mentioned that we have some audio of Dana, UFC President Dana White on SportsCenter. This is yesterday. I, we're going to go through what he said, and I also kind of want to react to it because... A lot of this deals with Khabib Tony, Folks, I, I don't want to tell you something that I know to be not true. As it stands, is it true that Khabib versus Tony is still scheduled to happen? Well, not in New York and not in Las Vegas. But yes, it has not been officially by the organization postponed. Listen to me now. Listen to me very carefully. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm trying to put you in the appropriate mind space for what we're up against and how long this might be and what actually matters. It's not going to happen. Uh, not on April 18th, anyway. Now, it might happen later in the year. For that, I'm still pretty hopeful. That fight is not taking place on April 18th. Not here, not anywhere else on Earth. If I'm wrong about it, I'll come back, we'll play this clip from this day, and I will sit here and eat crow. But it's not going to happen. The, the global pandemic is only going to get worse between now and April. It's not going to get better for a while. So, put our heads in the right space and deal with it. Nevertheless, let's just hear from Dana himself. He was speaking with, who is this gentleman here with him? I'm not sure. I'm not sure who it is, but uh, in any event. All right, let's hear what he has to say. We'll just play it and stop it as necessary. Here we go. Dana joins us tonight here on SportsCenter. You mentioned Saturday night after the fight on SportsCenter, I happened to be sitting there listening to your interview, that you were going to try to keep this week's events and the other upcoming events on track to take place as is with some venue changes possibly needed. Of course, that would be out of your hands. What's the latest you can share with the fans? Yeah, listen, we're ready to go on Saturday. We have a fight. We're ready to go live on ESPN Saturday night from Fire Lake Arena, Indian Reservation in Oklahoma City. We have the card, we have the fighters, we have everything. But obviously, the president just, just spoke to the country and uh, basically said now. It started at 50 people in a room, which made it difficult. So we complied. We took all the fans out, and we made sure that there was uh, as few production people in the room as possible. We pulled it off last Saturday. Now they're saying there should be no more than 10 in a room, and that's just that's impossible. We can't do it. And uh, we've complied with everything that the government and, and that these doctors have said to do. And, you know, we, we have no choice now but to postpone these fights. So we're postponing 
the next three events. Um, but Tony Ferguson versus Habib, April 18th is still on, and that will still happen. Okay. It is technically true that that is still on in the sense that the company has not canceled it. Listen to me very carefully, people. It is not going to happen. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm not trying to be an S-head. I'm not trying to be any of those things. It's not going to happen. Now, it may happen later in 2020 or maybe 2021. April 18th, if you are sitting here thinking we're going to be indoors for a couple of weeks like it's a snow adventure and this will all go back to normal, I, I just don't think you're in touch with what experts of public health are telling us. If every day that passes, they are telling us this is getting much worse in terms of how we fix this. Now, certain places that did a really good job with never letting this epidemic and pandemic get out of hand, places like, let's say, Hong Kong, um, I'm not going to say that they've returned to normal from the reports that I've read, but shops are much more open. There's much more foot traffic. They've just done a significantly better job. Places where it got out of hand I mean, the, the the death tolls keep rising. They keep rising in Iran. They keep rising in Spain. They keep rising in Italy. And they keep rising here too. So this is going to get significantly worse before it gets a lot better. It's I'm not saying this to be awful to anybody. I'm not saying this to be mean. I'm not saying this to be difficult. I'm saying this to be as factual and honest with you as I reasonably can be given the information that we have. And every time they say UFC London's going to proceed as normal. Okay. Now there's going to be no uh, attendees. Okay. Now we're not going to have it in London. Okay. Now we're going to have it at the apex. Okay. Now we're going to have it on Indian or I should say native American territory, which by the way, now they're back at native. I mean, they didn't go, but they were going to go back to native American territory. Are you kidding me? You know, it's like full circle with that promotion in some ways, but we're not talking about a series of changes here that happened over the course of weeks or months. We're talking about a series of changes that happened over the course of hours and days, right? And they're still trying to hang on to this idea that it's going to happen. I understand on some level, I kind of appreciate like the pioneering sense of not letting outside circumstances get to you. On the other hand, I would be much more comforted. And I mean this sincerely, if they were just kind of, more in tune with, with the public health realities. Because over time, if you just keep setting up the fight fans for disappointment, I, I'm not sure what good that accomplishes over the long run. In the short run, oh, we're still going to hang on to this hope about Khabib versus Tony. But why? It, it doesn't serve you any good. It is, it's, not, it's not good for you. It's not going to do anything. So... I just recommend being in tune with the realities. Listen to what public health experts are saying. We are now down to the point where they recommend not having 10 people or more than 10 people, I should say, in a room. Even that would make me creepy. I mean, just think about that. 10 people? You ever been in like a situation like that in your life? And they're not doing it by accident, folks. So just, we got to wrap our heads around this a little bit, man we got to confront the problem for what the problem is, not the problem that we wish it to be. Let's hear what else he has to say. Okay, take me through how that one stands and the other ones right now are not going to happen. Well, 
we're, we're going to follow the, these guidelines to have not have more than 10 people in a room. And uh, we're hoping that this all clears up, you know, by April. And, uh, you know, this fight's going to happen. No crowd, whatever it takes. Probably not even going to be in the United States, but this fight's going to happen. I heard you say Saturday night on sports. Okay. So you heard what he is sort of suggesting there, that it might happen overseas. I, I'm obviously assuming that they're going to have to look at those options because I don't think the United States is even going to be an option. Uh, and then beyond that, you know, if no one in attendance, we'll find a way to make it happen. Why don't we find a way to do our part to not make the global pandemic worse? And by the way, like logistically speaking, if you can't stage the fight in the United States, how are you going to get fighters out of it and then back on any kind of reasonable basis to make this happen? And is that in their health interests? And you could say, oh, well, Khabib and Tony are going to be two of the fittest people on earth. They'll probably be fine. You're probably right. The question is, do they come into contact with somebody that is immunosuppressed or a little bit older or any of these various considerations, and what does it do to them? Or do they get into contact with somebody else who also might be fine, but then that person gets into contact with somebody who might be immunosuppressed or older or at least one of these vulnerable groups? That's the issue here. Aside from, are you even going to be able to fly in these kinds of conditions, whether or not that's medically advisable? They keep saying we're doing everything the government demands, but understand what the governments are doing here. They're escalating and ratcheting up their various responses to this in terms of the number of people there and what kind of testing they're doing and all these various considerations. And they're doing that for the express purpose of um, tackling the challenges but these are difficult choices. They don't want to just quarantine people if they don't feel like they have to. But it's beginning to really become clear that more and more stringent methods are necessary. So you're saying you're complying with what government is demanding. I'm sure that is technically true. I don't think that they are f f violating the law. That's not what they're suggesting as best practices and, and certainly not what they're asking of people in terms of the sacrifice or entities in order to curb the growth of this global pandemic. It's just negligent behavior, man. I don't know how you can say otherwise. It's just negligent behavior. And it doesn't need to be this way. Um, let's keep playing here a little bit if we can. Let's see here. And just to reiterate to our fans that didn't listen, but Dana was pretty forceful. Quote, it will go on. The fans are all freaking out. Don't worry about it. Khabib versus Tony will happen. And he just reiterated that seconds ago. Last thing, I think a lot of fans and non-sports fans are wondering this in terms of your last sports standing status. Why has it been so important for you to keep these fights happening with all the circumstances and the challenges the country's facing right now? Listen, this is what we do. We put fights on every weekend. The fighters want to fight. The fans want to see it. I've had nothing but positive feedback from the fans and the fighters. These guys all want to continue, so we, we will. You know, obviously, we've had some, you know, some blowback from the media that covers us, but, uh, you know, everybody's going to have their opinions. We're, we're going we're gonna to continue on. And, and these three fights are postponed. They will still happen, and Khabib Tony is on for the original date. We're going to keep fighting. That's what everybody needs to know. We'll keep everything in our thoughts in the short. Just consider this for a second. Did you hear one question? He asked him, why is it so important for you? As if, like, give us the details of your passion project. What a fuckboy question that is. What a ridiculous question that is. <laughs> Are you kidding me? 
Dana, why is it it's so important to you to keep this flame alive? Like it's the Olympic torch and we don't want it to go out. Like it's the flame at the tomb of the unknown soldier or something. What are we talking about here? Here's the question you ask. Dana, how can you justify your behavior while in government compliance far outside what entities like the Center for Disease Control, among other, and the National Institutes for Health, are recommending are, is appropriate behavior for both individuals and institutions to help curb the spread of the global pandemic? What is the ethical justification for exposing your fighters to airline travel and how that could get them sick and other people sick who could come into contact with them and how this could all spread as a consequence. Why don't you feel a sense of obligation to adhere to this so as to not make the problem worse? That's the question. That's the question. The question is not, tell us about your love of fighting and why you want to keep the flame at the tomb of the unknown soldier burning. Are you kidding me? What is, what is this shit? What are you talking about? Just total abdication of responsibility, man. Complete and total abdication. They have really fallen down on the job over there at Espen. Um, and I, I've, I've done poor jobs, too. I'll do a poor job in the future. Again, I was late to the party on this, and I deserve all the, the criticism in the world for it. You can go and play back my old audio from two, three weeks ago. Very dismissive of what this might, might mean. I was wrong, and I'll get out here and say it, I was wrong. Uh, but you know, you're asking a guy who is exacerbating through their job efforts, the risk to UFC staff, uh, the risk that any of them being infected could pose to others, uh, the risk to fighters, the risk to anyone that to come into contact with the fighters. It's just, it's just plainly ridiculous. And I can't believe that we're here, but we're here, but we're here because this is the kind of people that we have in this industry. Again, shouts to everybody. Not to the people who are smart, but to shouts to all the donks who thought that what I was doing and saying there's not many good guys in MMA, how that was some kind of taboo opinion to apparently articulate. Shouts to all of you. Who, who got the last, I don't know, not laughs, I suppose, but who got the last word on that one, huh? All right, let's do this. Let's go to break. We come back. I got some news that I want to share about some other things happening inside the MMA space. It's kind of coronavirus related, unfortunately, but... I'll do my best to make it palatable. Not all the shows will be like this, by the way. Just, just kind of this one. All right, Luke Thomas Show. Don't go anywhere. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com slash Luke Thomas to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash Luke Thomas. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. All right, we're back. Luke Thomas Show. Don't forget, tomorrow we'll do the mailbag. That'll be LukeThomasShow at gmail.com. I've been hammering that all show today. But don't forget, folks, because we need you to do that. We literally cannot do the mailbag without you. That is a literally true statement. So get out there and help us, will you? All right. Uh, okay, I, I mentioned that I wanted to end on some news and notes if I could. So let me do that part now, which is to say the following. Uh, 
two things. One, let's go to this one first. So you know all these complaints that people have, or not complaints, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm stating this incorrectly. Let me start that over. Do you know how uh, the promoter was saying what the reasons were for continuing, in this case UFC, for continuing to do shows? Right, and the reason was the fighters want it, the fans want it. You know, we're, this is what we do. We're just going to keep going, right? Well, no, what the fighters really want is to be paid, and the really well compensated ones. I mean, yes, they want to compete, yeah, of course, but what they're really concerned about is financial destitution. Take that away, I suppose. You'll suppress some of the desire for outright competition in the middle of a global pandemic. Number one, number two. Uh, even if you can do that, we've already been over the reasons before about whether or not it's even ethical to subject fighters and the people they could come into contact with, UFC staff, production staff, everybody, trying to travel around the world on planes in the middle of a pandemic, just not really responsible action, okay? But there was the uh, the fan component there, right? The fans really want it. And remember what the other argument was in conjunction with that. Well, the fans really want it, and if the UFC gets out there and puts on a card, I mean, they've got literally no sports competition whatsoever. None. None. People are at home, not entirely, there's some people out, but you know, relatively speaking, people were at home and they had no other sports to watch. Well, the ratings are in for UFC Brasilia. Uh, I do not celebrate poor ratings as some kind of grand achievement for MMA. Instead, I look at it and marry that with the claims made about the reasons to make the fight. Here's, here, here's how I tie this all together. The card on ESPN, ESPN proper, by the way, did an average of 672,000 viewers. The lowest number of you, this is the lowest number that they've ever done on the UFC on ESPN era. It was also streamed on ESPN Plus and then broadcast on ESPN Deportes, the Spanish channel. Okay, understand something. Of course, what anyone is going to say is number one, well, it aired at 3 p.m. to start and blah, blah, blah. That could not have been a great help for them. And it's true, as a time slot, that's not going to be the best. I think they also might add, well, it didn't have big names on it. Eh, for the North American audience, I think there's something to be said for that. But the quality of the card was extremely high, right, for a fight night card. This was a very, very, very good fight night card, okay? Um, keep that in mind. You could say, oh, well, those numbers are fine, given all those considerations. And they would be, actually. If all you ever wanted to say was... What would a UFC show do with that kind of a card in that kind of a time slot? You'd probably get a number around this mark. But that doesn't match the rhetoric, does it? The rhetoric was, oh, the fans really want it. Well, the hardcore fans might want it, but they'll want anything. That's not really saying a whole lot. You literally had zero sports competition, and it did the lowest number ever, which goes to show you that the hyperventilated rhetoric that there was this bubbling fan demand for the UFC to make this content and that they were just doing their bidding of the fans, it doesn't match reality. Sure, there were other considerations in play that probably suppressed these numbers from what the usual standard is. I fully acknowledge. But you can't go out there and say, man, the fans really want this, and then go do record bad numbers for the ESPN era. You, you, you can't do that. Like that, you are clearly selling something in terms of the rhetoric that's not there. Right? It just should be acknowledged. Uh, you know, fine to say, hey, you know what? If they hadn't have said that, I think this would have been fine. And, you know, I suppose on some level, right? If they had never said, 
man, the fans really want it. No, you want it. Just This is my thing. I, I always say it to people about how, these disagreements that we all have with one another. Can we just have a disagreement, or a debate rather, about what the disagreement actually is? The disagreement is the UFC brass want to keep this train on the tracks. And why that is, we can all speculate about whether they are just big believers in Trump. I don't know. Uh, maybe Endeavor is broke. I don't know. They just don't care about public health considerations as it's been explained to them up to this point. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not suggesting any of those are the reality. But what I do know is the reality is it's got nothing to do with the fans pressuring the UFC to make this happen, at least not any kind of way beyond anecdotal evidence. Oh, my DMs are blowing up. Okay, I mean, that's some kind of thing, but it's not really a thing. You did a record low numbers on TV at a great, at a not ideal time slot, but with literally no other sports at any point on that day. Nothing. And it was record low. The, 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 the lesson here is stop believing the rhetoric of promoters. Promoters will do this thing where they dress up what they're doing in this nobility and mission accomplishment, and we're going to plow forward. Like this is some kind, like they're, they're pioneers in the Old West putting provisions in the wagon and heading out into the great unknown to, to deal with the elements and bears and what savages they might encounter along their difficult journey. I mean, what, what is this nonsense? You want to do it because you probably think you're going to make money. I mean, I don't know exactly if that's the reason, but it's got nothing to do with anything else. You got to stop buying into overheated promoter rhetoric. Now, speaking of which, takes us to our last story here for the day, which is Cage Warriors uh, still believes that they are going to have a show. Let me get the details of this. I've got it saved here somewhere. Um, Cage Warriors is intending on plowing ahead, which you just can't believe, but you know MMA is being what it is. So this will be Cage Warriors one thirteen. They couldn't do it in London. So they're going to move it to Manchester. It's got Patty Pimblett and some other donks on it. Uh, I don't, uh, and a bunch of guys on the UFC card who couldn't be on there. They're going to be on as well. I tweeted, as I mentioned yesterday, uh, Graham Boyle, the head of the organization, about whether or not they're doing COVID testing. There has not been any response from him that I'm aware of to date. Um, by the way, um, the NBA has suspended their anti-doping protocol to, in conjunction with... Uh, um, Concern for the virus outbreak, I've yet to hear from USADA. Okay, now be that as it may, why do I bring up this Cage Warrior show? First of all, I actually don't think it'll end up happening by Saturday. I mean, these the events are moving quickly. It turns out that this strategy that Boris Johnson's government in the UK tried to employ of we'll get people uh, sick up front to create herd immunity later was based on data about a different disease which had a different effect across population demographics, and in terms of hospitalization rates more generally. And they have since dialed it back as it's become pretty clear that they're not going to be able to get away with that as any kind of social and public policy. Why do I bring that up? Because one, I think by the time Saturday rolls around, that you're going to be in a position where the show is not going to happen. And two, I had a little back and forth with Mark Goddard, a friendly one, uh, on Twitter. I like Mark Goddard a lot. Shouts to Mark Goddard, a very, very, very good referee. But he's like, all we can do is just sort of, you know, wash our hands and mind our, our business, and and these guys have got to get paid. And I understand that that's a reasonable way to think about things two, three weeks ago. It's not reasonable anymore. We now know that the virus is pretty much spreading out of control in most of these places, including the U.K. We know that um, 
This is not going to be a policy uh, in terms of doing shows that's going to be able to last because of government intervention. And more to the point, look, taxi drivers are going to need to get paid. How are servers at wait- and waiters going to get money? Bartenders. Everyone is going to be hurt by this. Uh, the reality is the UFC, it's a Fight Pass product. I believe they should just pay the fighters and call it a day. And even if people do need to get paid, that's not a reason to exacerbate the climate of a global pandemic. Instead, we're going to be in this for a long time. There are going to be many industries affected by this. It's going to require real bipartisanship across governments uh, or tripartisanship, whatever the case may be in other you know, uh, parliamentary democracies, to make policy that helps people out. And I think that's coming certainly here in the United States, and I suspect the UK will get on board with that. Everyone is going to take a hit. This is going to last a long time. Even if the fighters got paid this weekend, it wouldn't be enough. We're going to be in this for a while, folks. So here's the answer to that. It would be dangerous for everybody. Pay the fighters. Call it a day. Let's really tackle the challenge as it's in front of us and live to fight another day, quite literally. Okay? All right, folks. Do me a solid. Get your emails in. LukeThomasShow at gmail.com. LukeThomasShow at gmail.com. Give us a follow on Twitter at MMA on SiriusXM. Use the hashtag TLTS. You can send in written emails at LukeThomasShow at gmail.com. You can send in audio clips. You can do a whole lot. And, of course, don't forget, we're on Instagram, straight flexing, at SiriusXM Fight Nation. All right, folks? So do me a favor at this point. Stay solid. Stay safe. Stay committed to the process. And then uh, until next time, may all of your gains be loyal. Thanks for listening. Catch The Luke Thomas Show live and in its entirety weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. On Twitter, follow at LThomasNews and the channel at MMA on Sirius XM.